we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. You know, when you're looking for real leadership, you can say a lot of things, but I'll tell you what, somebody that comes to my mind very quickly is Senator Ron Johnson. He has been really amazing, a patriot for sure, but somebody who is seeking the truth always. And and oftentimes it's uncomfortable when people of that stature are looking for the truth. Uh, you're liable to get into a bit of trouble. So that's a good place to start, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the broadcast. It is indeed America Out Loud Pulse. Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. He is a very special uh, man, I think, uh, Senator Johnson is. And it's always a privilege to have him on the broadcast with us. And uh, he's always so uh, open, forthcoming. But this was another hearing. But again, uh, this was a little different this time. And he really got into some weeds about the media. You know, a lot of the more and more of this is surfacing now, Dr. McCullough. More of it's coming to the top. But the problem we're going to still deal with, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is that the truth seekers and the truth tellers, the culprits in the media and these other uh, elites, I'll call for a better word, uh, they tend to call them names and tell them they're extremists or they're out of their minds or they censor them or they, and that's all part of the conversation here. So it's really like everything in life right now, it's the opposite of the truth, but yet that's, isn't that the problem? You know? It's true. You're right. It's 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 just diametrically opposed to yeah. what people are observing. And this Senate hearing, and you know, I was um, the lead actually in the last three. Uh, I declined to go to this one. Uh, I think brought in some new faces, and it, it really wasn't as much about medicine as it was about what's going on out there. The, the title of the event was the COVID cartel. What are they hiding? So that should tell you right away. A cartel? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, it says plenty, doesn't it? Federal, and it, actually, the the full title is Federal Health Agencies and the COVID Cartel. Uh, what are they hiding? Right, uh, hosted by Senator Ron Johnson. Well, first of all, we've lost control of government. We've lost control of these federal health agencies. I reference them all the time, Peter, as the bureaucratic state. And this really gets us into a lot of trouble, our, our country, our great nation. Uh, there are a lot of bureaucrats right there under the radar who really think they're running all of it, hook, line, and sinker, the entire show. And they that's why, in fact, the last administration, Trump had such a hard time, frankly, is because he couldn't control the bureaucratic state. They And they, frankly, did not care what the president's... Uh, uh, agenda was or decision but yet the president here's the problem here's the problem the president's elected by the people that's a good thing the bureaucratic state does not they're all hired hands and they, they but they really have this uh attitude that uh, they don't care what the president it doesn't matter if it's democrat or republican just when they have a different agenda they're going to play that out that's a big problem peter it's a huge problem yeah no i agree I agree. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to the testimony and um, Laura Logan, media, media 
personality yeah. uh, who's reported extensively overseas uh, just had comment after comment about censorship in the media and how this has become this new censorship state has become basically a norm. And, you know, we're leading up to next month is going to be big in terms of Missouri versus Biden, the Supreme Court case, hopefully of the of the century regarding should the government be in media and social media censoring the truth. And it's it's thought to be largely about the vaccines. That's what uh, Andy Schlafly, the lead attorney for Association of American Physicians Surgeons, believes. He goes, listen, the government wouldn't be in there doing so much if we didn't have this mass vaccine program going mm-hmm. on. And Laura Logan was just all over this. And not only that, the, for the first time in this hearing, we had people from Europe. We had member of parliament from the Netherlands, Rob Bruce, for example, uh, the Swiss attorney, Philip Cruz, who uh, is suing to take down, um, uh, you know, take down the, the WHO. Uh, all these people were in the room. It was really amazing. Yeah. You know, um, Laura Logan, uh, she's very, and I've spoken to her, she's very interesting. There are two names that come to my mind like immediately, quickly, when I think of uh, excellent journalists who put it all on the line. There's Laura Logan and there's Cheryl Atkinson is another one. Mm. Both both women, very strong, uh, do their research, do their diligence, and 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 they've ruffled feathers. And they've kind of paid a price for it. Both of them have. I mean, not, I mean, just we expect, I guess we kind of expect to pay the price when you uh, seek the truth and you uh, put yourself out there. And they have done that. They they have been attacked many, many ways. Um, this particular hearing, uh, Senator Johnson's office said uh, the intention of this whole conference was to expose the truth about how the COVID cartel federal health agencies, big pharma, uh, legacy media, and big tech engaged in censorship and cover-ups. And actually, there were six areas they focused on, but the big one was going to be the censorship and Mm -hmm. the media. That Mm -hmm. was huge. Back to what you just talked about with Laura Logan. Uh, That was huge. And uh, it was... um, you know, there's still so much to say about it, but the devastation of this and the censoring that you experienced personally, uh, Peter, I we certainly have here mm-hmm. t- t- uh, hundred times over. Uh, we have, and but we just keep moving forward, don't we? We just keep trucking forward. Yeah. We don't, well, we you've don't done a you've done a wonderful job in the platform of just being unassailable and and being consistent out there, not only with just the great audio content, but the written content, the graphical content um and contemporary everything's fresh you know the platform is always fresh and moving you know you talk about the the devastation well edward dowd who is a former uh, blackrock executive he's a business man he had the data on all-cause mortality he's published a book on this and presented it uh you know laying this out and, and you know it's in the congression it's in the Senate record uh, now, 17 million people worldwide are estimated to die from the vaccine and, and all the um, all-cause mortality statistics elsewhere from healthcare companies in Germany to insurance companies across Europe and the United States. All those data are consistent. People are dying of the vaccine. And this is now coming out to full light. Now, Senator Johnson, Whenever I've been with him, and I was just with him when I was in Congress uh, January 12th, 
is always saying, well, where's the doctors? Where's the doctors? Where are the doctors going to come out on this? And do you know what I would have said? I mean, think about who is in the room yesterday, media, personality, doctors, scientists. I would say, Dr. Johnson, where are the senators? Hmm. I mean, come on, we've been at this enough now. This is year four and it's Johnson alone trying to carry this. You know, we need to really get Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate engaged. We had um, a hearing recently, you probably saw this uh, last week, and it was um, it was FDA officer Jenkins, uh, Dr. Peter Marks, a division chief, and it was in front of a congressional committee as Marjorie Taylor Greene, but uh, you know, Jamie Raskin and, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a range of congressmen, both Democratic and Republican, you could actually listen to their questions. And it didn't matter if you were on the right or on the left, the concerns regarding safety were coming out, the anecdotes were coming out. And even though that the FDA officers tried to minimize it, and they still put out some false claims, like one of the false claims they're still carrying is that COVID, the infection, causes more myocarditis than the vaccine, which is kind of an irrelevant issue because a vaccine should never cause myocarditis to begin with, but they keep trying to minimize it using that that talking point. And what we know there now is two autopsy studies that show even people who die of COVID, there's no myocarditis. During 2020, there was no significant increase in myocarditis as reported by Tovalli and colleagues. Now, recently, Rose Hosher and myself have published in the Journal of uh, Experimental Therapeutic uh, Safety that uh, in fact, all the myocarditis really exploded in 2021 with the vaccines. So the FDA is, they're, they're simply either trying to deceive Congress or they're not reading the papers or both, but it didn't matter because the questions were coming out on either side of the aisle, Malcolm, and uh, this cannot be hidden forever. Everyone's just wondering, when will there be capitulation? Well, this uh, uh, Dr. Brian Hooker, the uh, chief uh, scientific officer, CHD, uh, uh, you know, um, so he says um, in his testimony, he said the CDC has never tested the cumulative effect of the vaccine schedule on childhood health outcomes. I mean, there's so many outrageous things that the CDC, I mean, I don't really understand this. I mean, it's so out there in the light of day. I mean, this should be basic stuff they're not doing. He, well, 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 hang on a second. He's talking about, not about the COVID vaccines. He's talking about the regular childhood right, vaccines. Right, right. And what we're talking about is when you and I were kids, we would get a shot spaced out from another shot, what have you, and there's relatively few shots. Now the kids are getting all the shots in combination. And I think at some of the visits, Malcolm, it's more than 10 shots all combined. And the sum total of all these shots has never been tested in terms of cumulative toxicity. Which so you've been talking I, about. You've been, you've been saying this for right. a while here on this broadcast. Right. So whenever we have a drug and you know we give it dose after dose after dose, we look at the immediate facts and could there be a side effect according to each dose. But you get to a certain you know, period of time, you start to ask, is this sum total of all the doses, doses having any toxicity? And that's what Hooker is saying, is that, with the, you know, they keep adding vaccines to the schedule, but no one's looking at the overall effect. It, could it cause any harm to just keep giving shot after shot after shot? And, um, you know, and Hooker presented the data. It's actually now, again, in the congressional record. There's five studies, Malcolm, that show if in today's age, without 
with clean water, clean air, and not the threats that we had in decades ago, that in today's age, five studies show it's better to go natural with the children and have no vaccines. No vaccines, there's lower rates of, of asthma, allergic dermatitis, lower rates of food allergies, lower rates of throat infections, ear infections, tympanostomy tubes, neuropsychiatric disorders like attention deficit disorder, Asperger's, autism, all that's lower if you take no vaccines. Right. So, and, and, so and the Amish have been doing this forever yeah, and they're yeah. fine. You know, that question has come up, as you remember now, quite a few times here from listeners, right? That question has come in from mm-hmm. people still today, it still does, about the vaccines because people have lost trust and there's a lot of fear out there. But to your point, that question comes up a lot. And over the last few years, I, I don't know, it's come up a great deal. How many times? I mean, and you've always answered that, even when it was a little uncomfortable early on when you were kind of looking at this and you said, no, I think it's better to step off right now. Uh, there's no reason to uh, over vaccinate the kids right now. Now, to, it, let me say this here to this point, back to uh, the uh, scientific officer, Brian Hooker, it, which his testimony was very strong. And back to these reports, he says, and and I quote here, uh, listen to this, vaccinated children were at least twice as likely to be diagnosed with the developmental delays, ear infections, gastrointestinal disorders. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of an asthma diagnosis among the vaccinated group was four and a half times higher than the unvaccinated group. And it's shown incidence rates between four and 20 times lower than vaccinated children for autoimmune, the neurodevelopmental and other disorders. And then the myocarditis you just mentioned is a serious disorder. 76% of all cases following COVID-19 vaccine as reported to VAERS required emergency care and or hospitalization. He said, yet the CDC significantly downplays myocarditis as a side effect of the vaccine. He had a very strong testimony, Peter. Very strong. Yeah, no, he's he's very strong. PhDs published a lot, and you know, and he said, comes right out. So, listen, I've got a son who's severely autistic. I mean, he just said that mm-hmm. right in his testimony. So he's had you know personal motivation to investigate this. But but let me tell you what I mean. Everything he's talking about is is either an immune problem like asthma or a neuroimmune problem like these neuropsychiatric disorders, and it, just because. You know, myself and all the kids, all my kids took the vaccines and they're okay. It doesn't make it okay that the next kid has autism. And I think people are going to have to come to this realization that because just because you took a shot and you're okay does not make it okay for everyone. Does not. We have to look after, no matter how rare it is, the one person who's injured or the one person who's disabled or sadly the people who die. And we have to look at this as a society and ask ourselves, is this okay? Yeah, because that person, a lot of people turn the other way, but that person that could die could be ourselves or our relatives, friends, people that we love. And you just can't look the other way on this stuff. I'd like your opinion on this, too, from Dr. Pierre Corey, um, uh, uh, FCC. uh, And um, he says, uh, we are only now beginning to understand that many long-established drugs may have other uses, which, of course, we know that we don't even know about, effectively treating diseases we never imagined using them again. So why on earth aren't we systematically testing them for potential new uses? And and here's the caveat to this, uh, Dr. McCulley says, the ugly truth is it's not 
profitable. Big Pharma makes money, big money, on complicated new drugs, and it controls the levers of power. Nearly half of the FDA's budget is bankrolled by the drug industry, and its tentacles are deep in academia, medicine, and other regulatory agencies like the NIH. Uh, and look what happened, as he points out, with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. It's a perfect example. But that's per- speak about that point. It's pretty big, isn't it? It is. That's very big. We're in some type of new reality, Malcolm. This is four years now. The standard arguments, the standard logic, bioscientific observations, none of that seems to matter anymore. Now it's it's down to weaponization of terms and we're seeing wide open the use of leveraged power dynamic pejorative terms now commonplace in medicine you know there's six of them six of them they are misinformation disinformation malinformation anti-science anti-vaxxer and conspiracy theorist all of these terms were extensively used in, in the office of the propaganda managed by Goebbels under Adolf Hitler, the Third Reich. These are standard Nazi propaganda terms. Now they're mainstream. You know, major universities are having conferences on misinformation. It's in all the major journals. Go on LinkedIn. You'll see people are misinformation officers. Um, Peter Hotez, vaccine uh, developer down in Houston, he has an entire lecture series. He just actually went on the campus of my alma mater. It made me cringe. The title of his lecture series is The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science. The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science. There is no such thing as anti-science. It's just, you know, there's a scientific process and we follow it. We, you know, we, we follow scientific method. But nobody's pro-science or anti-science. Well, basically what he's saying is, listen, if you disagree with me, you're anti-science. Uh, if you disagree with me, you're spreading misinformation. People have to understand that these terms are being used for a reason. People using these terms have an agenda. And that agenda is to railroad the public into doing what they want. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've watched the videos of that guy, and uh, he, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, he, he you, wouldn't, just... you wouldn't want him for your doctor, Malcolm? Not even close. I wouldn't want him <laughs> for my butcher either. <laughs> oh, Malcolm, you know something very interesting psychologically uh, about him? He, he's a couple years older than me, but he's he's a, a bit junior to me academically in terms of publication. But, you know, I told Joe Rogan, I texted him, I said, listen, I'll I'll talk to Hotez down in Austin about vaccine safety. And Rogan goes, there's no way he's going to face you. And he, he won't. I remember but, this. Um, yeah, y- yeah. you know, Hotez yeah. has a book out about his daughter. And the title of the book is The MMR Vaccine Did Not Cause Rachel's Autism. Oh, wow. He's a vaccine developer. And any psychologist will tell you, when somebody really knows the reality of something yeah. and they can't face it yeah, yeah the coping mechanism is to say just the opposite and try to prove the opposite so he's sticking to his story is what he's doing he's sticking well, to all what he's he doing is, is it's it's yeah. transference he actually yeah. really yeah. thinks psychologically the vaccines caused her autism <laughs> but as a vaccine developer he can't psychologically handle it so now he's doing everything to convince himself mm-hmm. that the vaccines didn't cause autism and even writing this book trying to tell everybody it didn't cause autism you know if he really didn't think the vaccines caused autism, he wouldn't write that book. He wrote that book for a reason. 
he feels guilty. And his whole life, he's a vaccine developer. Now he has an autistic child. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this title of this uh, hearing, anyways, that De- Senator Johnson did, uh, and um, uh, when he asked the question, what are they hiding? Uh, very interesting. Back to the COVID cartel and the rest of it and the lies and the deceits and everything that has transpired. Um, and they try to make the good guys like all of us into the bad guys and so on and so forth. I'm going to ask that question to uh, Senator Ron Johnson. He'll be on Viewpoint this Sunday, this coming week. And I'm going to ask him that uh, back to the COVID cartels. and what. So in other words, now that he's had the hearing and he heard all of these folks speak from their hearts, uh, what does he think? What are they hiding? What what I'm sure you must have some answers to that point, and he'll tell us. So, anyways, tune in viewpoint this Sunday in the weekend. I'm gonna talk about it. I think it'd be a good idea oh, to post the question good. to him, right? Yeah. Well, Malcolm, I think what a lot of people really want to know is who is in the cartel? Yeah. Let's start naming them, let's start putting a sketch on this cartel. We can't just keep you know, it, it, namelessly trying to say that we're shadow boxing is something that we can't see. We got to call it out. And uh, you know, everyone's kind of afraid to do that. But we have to call it out. My book, Courage to Face COVID-19, we called it out. We said, listen, we, we didn't call it a cartel. We said, this is a complex. It's a biopharmaceutical complex, meaning that uh, that this complex is an inner relationship between um, you know, pharmaceutical companies, non-governmental uh, organizations, uh, governmental organizations, mm-hmm. but they're all scratching their backs right now. The personnel are all moving between various entities in the complex. They're uh, enormously well-funded and, and they have an agenda and they are absolutely running the table right now. Uh, the fact that we have got 18,500 Americans who've died after the vaccine, 1150 on the same day they take the shot, 1200 the next day. We have 4,000 papers, the peer-reviewed literature, despite all the censorship, describing record injuries, disabilities, and deaths. And we've got two two main front runners running for presidency, and neither one of them can see this or discuss it. That tells you how powerful this complex is. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, yeah. Trump still didn't. He still uh, is in the same position he was in before, huh? He has not come out in any way, huh, shape, or form that I've seen. Well, it's huh? it's a political opportunity of a lifetime, don't you think? I mean, I think uh, so. you know, Trump's got a a yeah. small but loyal base, and they're sticking a stick with him. He hasn't done anything to reach out to get a single Democrat to vote for him, and can't pick a single issue to try to you know bring people together. And you've got this, you know, this this kind of angry group yeah. that has been really angry about the vaccines. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point damaged. to bring up. He, They've he lost have... their job. Right now, they, they want to look to yeah. Kennedy or somebody in the Libertarian yeah. Party. You know, mm-hmm. Trump tomorrow, I think people could get along with Trump. If Trump just came out and said, listen, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I did everything I could to bring these vaccines forward. Um, you know, as they rolled out, it was the Biden administration where the safety debacle happened. Right, sure. Trump can say, listen, I was lied to by Fauci. Fauci's stock is in the tank. No one has to, to stand up for Fauci. I mean, people have written books why the guy should be in jail. Yeah. Trump can say, listen, I was lied to by Fauci and the safety debacle rolled out under Biden. If I get in office, I'll do everything I can to make this right. All he has to do is say that 
and boom, well, it's game over. He's well, got I got to tell you, based on what you just said, don't count it out. And I, I, I don't count it out. I've heard rumblings of different things. And back to your point a moment ago about uniting people and that small base you just talked about with the uh, America First. Uh, on paper, we're talking it's we're talking about 75, 80 million people, not too small, of course. Uh, mm. But he could he could bridge the gap, as you say, suggest, and he could widen that greatly if he just and you know a lot of stuff just speak from your heart. He's pretty good at speaking That's from it. that point. Yeah. All he has to do, and, yeah. and you know, so, I was with one of his insiders two weekends ago. I had dinner with him, yeah. and he said, "Well, Trump will never do that. He'll never admit he's wrong." And and he told me, listen, multiple people have given Trump all the vaccine safety data. He knows it all. He's been presented to him over and over again. Yeah. He'll never come out and, and, you know. He doesn't have to say he's wrong. You already said that, that just a moment ago. That's my point. I said he doesn't have to say he's wrong. That's right. And the problem is the Trump base is not big enough to win an election. It's just not. And it's got to pull the independent. Well, any election is that way, frankly, Peter. You have to pull independents and moderates in. That's just the way it is. You know why it is today? That's right. There That's are more right. independents and moderates today than there are Democrats and Republicans. That tells you where the country is. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Yeah, there well, are more okay. independents and moderates. Yes. Well, if you listen to what Trump says, it's roughly 90% Biden is horrible and things are terrible. Well, it's okay. We know that. You know, let, let's let's hear a new issue. Let's hear some solutions. What we hear from Biden, Biden is essentially not running for president. He's not even acting like he's running. But everything we hear from the left, and it's largely through the, the surrogates, uh, is that uh, Trump is a bad guy. So they spend all their time on Trump and Trump's uh, trials and tribulations in the court and what have you. And they bring in their panels. It's but, going to be an incredible year, Peter, coming up this election well, year. You know? It's just, and and I, you know, I talk to a lot of people. I've given, gosh, well over a hundred public programs. I'm going to be out this weekend. Another give another program. I talk to people out in mainstream America. They don't want a rematch. They really exactly. don't. Exactly. The average American saying, "Listen, two guys, eighty years old, and all they do is say bad things about each other." No, I, I don't. I just don't want this rematch. Let's get some young people in who have some new ideas. So we're stuck. I think what this could mean, though, it, it, unless either side dramatically improves, voter turnout may be low. People may well, say it could be. But it, 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 the fact that they speak about that in each other has not to do with their age, though. However, let me remind you that politicians just do that in general as sport. It doesn't matter how old they are. Politicians are always going to talk about the opposed. I mean, they'll go back in history and you'll see that. Uh, damn elephants talk trash about the donkeys and the donkeys talk trash about the elephants. It's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I, I didn't say that they're talking bad against each other because they're old. I'm just saying, plus yeah. they're old. <laughs> no one wants. Well, and, and, and even old isn't the problem. If you have your faculties, if you can function at a high level and you have the energy, the age really is immaterial, whether you're, as far as I'm concerned, whether you're 60, 70, 80, I mean, whatever, it doesn't really, well, if you, if I mean, you have the faculties, depends. well, I mean, come on. You know, but, but if you're hiring, if you're hiring somebody for a job, it would have you true. But if you're, yeah. you're hiring them to be leader of the free world what some people would say is listen age does matter for relatability so if we have a younger president kind of relates to a different age group and then um the other thing on age is the freshness of new ideas listen if if an 80 year old guy wants to roll in and blow me away with new ideas i gotta listen from these two 80 year olds i don't hear 
any new idea. Well, that is true None. to what you say there. I would None. not dispute that at all. Uh, however, Trump, I will, in defense of that, has enormous energy and connects. I know he connects to a lot of young people and a lot of young college people. They, so because of that energy and what he brings to that, it is very interesting Listen, I, I think what you speak about is very accurate. There's a lot to say about it. But uh, also, uh, but, you know, their argument back, what they say on the other side is that, well, with age comes experience. That's always the question. Of course, we know that you and I know that in our own lives, Peter. We didn't we didn't have the experience 20, 30 years ago. We have today. I mean, we learned a ton right now. We're well adept. Hopefully we keep our health. But you know. I, I, I know. But I mean, you know, I, hate but- it. Well, I hate it, though, when we get to this point of, you know, I see people around me, not us, not me. But I but, you know, it's I mean, I see people around me. They get to this point in life. I just want to share with you. And they, you know, they they're brilliant. I, I see people. Oh, man, it gets me so, you know, and then like we lose them. And all that knowledge is gone. And finally, we get to our lives where we have the experience and we have the wisdom. We're wise. We're far wiser with that wisdom and experience than we were 20, 30 years ago. We become more conservative in our thoughts in many ways. And that's an experience. And then so many people lose their health and they lose their well-being. And it's so sad. I hate that when I see that. And I see people around me sometimes. I just had a dear friend. I have to do a shout out, Peter, to you. Uh, I think I shared this with you, actually, when I was talking to you off mic, I think. Um, but 96 years old, he just passed away. Did I tell you that? A dear close friend mm-hmm. of mine? I think I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. 96. What an amazing life. Talk about a picture of health. Did all the things he was supposed to do. And at 96, at 95, he was still great. But, you know, when you get to that point of life, things sort of un, sort of unfold. And if you have like a fall or two or, you know, you know what I'm saying, or a casualty or a health condition, it can be far more serious at 95 than it is at 65 or 75. And that's what happens. And then your decline is rapid. This guy was a pitcher of health up until 95 years old. And a very dear friend at 96, it, just at that point, he anyways had some health problems with a couple of things that you couldn't prevent. And But, you know, we have to hold on to our health, don't we, Peter? I mean, you know, as long as we, we do. Can, yeah, you know? we have to hold on to it. And you're right. There is yeah. clearly an age-related health gradient. And I think that's... Yeah potentially what we're looking at in the two candidates. But I talked to another insider uh, recently, and and she characterized the campaigns interestingly. She goes, she goes, if I had one word for Trump right now, Hmm. it's revenge. He's revengeful. Well, that's what they're worried about. That's what they're worried about. Yeah, and he does. He appears to be revengeful. And, and, And just one word about Biden Biden just appears to be lost. He's totally lost. He's lost. Sad sad state. So, you know, our our choices are somebody who's mentally lost and someone who's revengeful. It's like, oh, God. Well, the the problem is they they, they went after Trump in such a vicious way for his entire uh, presidency, Peter, and his entire campaign. Uh, And so if that, you know, anybody who did that to any human being, you, I, the next person, anybody listen, I mean, who's going to tell us you wouldn't feel a little bit of like, you know, I mean, after they nail you to the cross, how many times over you get a little, you get a little bent off, I think. And I think that's pretty human, isn't it? Isn't it? I think it's human, but it's, it's not the right recipe to no, I agree. get back into the hot seat. It's like, yeah. no. Well, he listen, says he's not. He came out this past week or two. He said, I'm not, I'm not. But remember, remember when Trump came into office, he was carrying over 400 lawsuits coming into office. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he was the baggage president. Yeah. So it's not like he was yeah. a clean slate. So he he's been he's been embattled his entire career. Yeah. 
you know, you, you don't get 400 lawsuits because you're a good guy. I mean, very just, litigious. He's very litigious. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm people a, are litigious against him and he does things absolutely. to prompt lawsuits. Yeah. But that, that's what he brought into yeah. office. Oh, the other thing that came up, which is a fun conversation, is as people said, well, you know, the Biden border crisis and, and all of this. And, and, and someone raised the point, well, well, wait a minute, did Trump have a border crisis? And the answer is, yes, he did. That's the reason why he was trying to build the wall. So, yeah, yes, but he didn't like let in eight, he nice didn't let friend. in eight to ten to twelve million uh, migrants into the well, country. Uh, I know, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, well, wait a minute. It's not like the border was a perfect place. No, it's never been. No, no, no. That's the reason why he was trying to build the wall. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and the numbers the numbers are just ones where uh, you know what Johnson said is that listen, zero hedge had it at ten million. If you're telling me ten million new yeah. people are in this country. You better tell me where they are. Well, this is, nobody knows where they're at. To well, your that's point, the they thing. do not can, know. Well, can can the country hide ten million people? Is it no. possible? They're trying to. They're all over the place. And the problem is, a lot of these criminals now are all over the place. They come in from the worst areas. In fact, countries have uh, let their prisons off. And well, they, these are the prime example for that. Listen, these are the storylines, and I got to tell you what. I've been to 100 cities, Malcolm, 200 cities, no migrant camps. I'm in Dallas. There's no migrant camps. San Antonio, there's none. Houston, there's none. I, I got to tell you, it, it, the truckers just recently went to the border. They were driving to the border. And guess what? On the sides of the roads, going the other way, no migrants. Yeah. So I got to tell you what, if there's 10 million migrants in the country, we wouldn't be seeing what we see. That is, we don't see any evidence of large groups? I mean, there should be a couple hundred thousand in Dallas, a couple hundred thousand easy. And this is, it takes only 7,000 people to trash out a city. 7,000 homeless in San Francisco, you can't miss them. So believe me, if there's 10 million, Malcolm, the question on the table is, where are they? I recently went to New York, none in Central Mark, none. I couldn't find any. So, uh, you know, we've got to have a discussion about this on a national level because the you know the department of labor statistics for farmland labor they're mm -hmm. contracting there's not more people in the workforce restaurants can't get enough servers and people to hire i mean yeah. you know people have said well they're on secret buses and planes but no one's actually you know itemized who these secret buses and planes are and the ngos would have you none of this is laid out no embedded reporting yeah. none it's, well, it's, you know, so, so someone's got to tell the 10 million person story besides seeing a lot of action at the border and seeing these flash images. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, stories are being told, but let's, I want to get over to the questions. If we keep, if we go down this road right now on immigration, we're never going to get over to these wonderful questions that folks have sent in. Today is Q&A 104, uh, 104, and we got some great questions I do want to get to very much as well. And uh, let me take a moment and let me, uh, well, a couple of things here. Let's tell you, first of all, about all of the various great products we have with our partnerships over at AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, there are some uh, wonderful new, we have some new campaigns coming in from the wellness company as well, uh, starting with those amazing health kits. Uh, we have uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, you'll see some new uh, programs, some new ads and things we'll be having in the shop and on our network, our platform here, the base spike detox. Give folks a quick update for that, Peter, what's happening with the base spike detox. Anything anybody needs to know about that? 
Yeah, we're learning more and more about the, these various syndromes. And most of all the long COVID and vaccine injury syndromes are due to the spike protein. And the frustration is that may, many of the major medical centers still haven't come to that realization. They're still doing, you know, MRIs and spinal taps and, and having patients take medicines that have nothing to do with the spike protein. They're not correct, even measuring. Me, and that's with or without the uh, with or without the vaccine, uh, the spike protein, correct? Right. Right, right. But they're not even measuring antibodies against the spike protein, let alone measuring the spike protein antigen. So the cause of the problem is still not even recognized by the medical orthodoxy. 4,000 papers into this. And they, they still don't see it. So I have patients come in all the time and say, I just went to the Mayo Clinic. I said, did they measure antibodies against spike protein? Oh, no, they didn't. Do they, they, they did all these other things. So it, there's some type of blind spot. The spike protein seems to turn off the human medical mind, I think. Um, but uh, what we know is that natokinase, which is the principal component of the spike support by the wellness company, and there's five minor ingredients, it does dissolve and degrade the spike protein in intact cell and cell lysate models. Uh, it's the best hope we have. We add bromelain to it since uh, that also is a different set of enzymes. Uh, now it's a separate product. It's put together as considered the ultimate spike detox by the wellness company. But a full out assault against the spike protein to get people better after long COVID and vaccine injury is natokinase 2000 units twice a day, bromelain 500 milligrams a day and curcumin 500 milligrams twice a day taken on an empty stomach and those are low doses we can double triple quadruple those but we it's gonna take a long time probably three six nine twelve months i had some people message me today i've been on it two weeks and i haven't i don't feel any better right. it's like no you've you've been sick for three years <laughs> it doesn't get better in two weeks you've got to stay with this over the long haul but our observations are that patients do slowly improve yeah, well, people are looking for miracles at this point, frankly. And it's not the miracle that one really needs. It's the steady progress. It's what people need is steady progress, steady progress uh, to get over all the spike protein and the whiplash that has hit our lives and our health. And I see it. I see it in my own uh, family, my own wife, who was devastated with this. Uh, you know, she's fought to get her health back after coming close to death and uh, but her breathing is it, it, it definitely is can be challenged from time to time the damage mm -hmm. to her lungs uh, with COVID pneumonia is very serious business and mm -hmm. getting that out of the system is very serious business but you know I get her out walking she can't walk like I walk but Peter I walk four or five miles a day every day mm -hmm. I mean she can't do that every day like I do now but I didn't have the COVID pneumonia like she had I had well, COVID well, of course well, well, you had a pretty severe case too, Malcolm, but let me ask you. So does, is, is it just that she can't do the work of breathing or is she just wiped out afterwards? It's the breathing. It's the breathing. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the breathing. Uh, definitely. Um, and, uh, and it does wipe her out a little bit on the other side of it. But uh, it, to do it extensively like that, she's getting better and better at it. But you remember how bad she was, Peter. I mean, remember how bad it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's uh, by the grace of God, we're, you know, she's here and we, we we're doing it. But she's taken a lot of the great products here. She's been taking the products from the wellness company. She's taken loves the healthy cell has taken the healthy cell. All these great products we have in the shop is the point. 
Uh, I want to get on to the questions, but let me just tell you, when you go to the shop or any of the featured products, use code OUTLOUD to get mm -hmm. the discounts. That's the key. These are all worked. And don't forget Cofix RX. They have the throat spray and they have uh, the nasal hygiene, of course. And I know everybody is using that product and swears by it. You get 20% off all of those orders by using the code OUTLOUD there as well. I want to take just a moment, too, and tell you about a new product that is brand new on the platform. And, and I've, I've been taking it myself for about six weeks, and I like it a lot, a lot. And I really didn't know what to expect, frankly, when I got wind of this thing and I started taking it. It's called Heal Right, Heal Right, H-E-A-L-R-I-G-H-T. It is the featured product this week. If you go to americaoutloud.news, just below the top stories, you'll see an ad there, Heal Right, Fight Back with Food as Medicine. And it's, you know, the problem is our metabolic system, uh, the metabolic, uh, you know, you've got the high blood sugar, you've got the chronic inflammation, you've got high cholesterol, you've got overweight. These are real world problems that people are having. So in order to fight that back, this metabolic dysfunction uh, is, is, is a problem. So many people, like, I, I think the number is close to 90%. I mean, that's like about, about everybody, I think, has some impact of this. Uh, and that is a problem. These kinds of real world problems, Dr. McCullough, I think when it comes to uh, the cholesterol and the the uh, mm -hmm. uh, these sort of things, uh, the high blood sugar, you know, the high cholesterol. These are the things actually that worry me, by the way, when I got my physical back and I looked at the numbers, I was more worried about those numbers. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Really? Because that, that's the underlying root that tells you there's problems. Is that right or wrong? Right. It's true. But I'm surprised. I mean, usually the patient looks good. The labs look good. You're so thin and lean i'm surprised you'd have any worry but concerned uh, well i still was I, I don't know why maybe but i they were everything was good luckily um and uh yeah yeah uh, it, but i you know i don't know i guess i hadn't done it in a while and i wanted to see the numbers but now you know you know what's happened now for me i'm pushing myself even harder now uh i'm taking these bars by the way so this is something you eat there's it comes in two little servants in a in a, in a um package if you will and it comes in uh, four flavors, and I love the different flavors that they come in. Um, and uh, they, uh, I mean, they're really, really cool uh, because you can eat them. My kids love them as well. My college uh, kids love them. Uh, mm. Jordan just really loves them a lot, eats some great. I like the, there's a chocolate and pomegranate one, which is fantastic. It, it doesn't taste, it, it tastes really good. It tastes like you're eating something that's not really good for you, but it's yeah. got all the medicine in it. There's another one, blueberry and lemon. I dig uh, right here, blueberry and lemon. I really like that one a lot as well. Not as big fan of the peanut butter one. Now, some people may like that. It's personal choice, of course, you know. There's a fig one I like, apple and fig, that is pretty decent too. But my favorites are the lemon and blueberry and the chocolate pomegranate one with a cup of coffee on that. And man, that'll set you on your way. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing about these products. They do pack in really just a ton of natural products in there and you know the theme of this is is to to create a bar that's not like ultra processed and uh they did manage to do that 
One of the things you'll notice with the bars is tremendous satiety. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but boy, if, if you want to cut off your hunger drive and maybe, you know, cut down on, exactly. on your, your meals through the day, this is the way. No, this is good to do that with your 100% right. And we oh, all need to sure. do that, Peter, because we sure. need that to That was the first class. thing I thought of when I had this. I said, man, if you if you want to need a little something to aid and you're yeah. on a diet, boy, this is You know, I it. was told years ago, uh, have you heard, you've heard this saying, I'm sure. I was told years ago uh, that you, there are those who eat to live and those who live to eat. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And which are you? Oh, you know what I am. I, I, I eat to live. I don't. I do not overeat. Come on, is that a real question for me? I mean, you, you know. eat to live. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I. Okay. Good. Yeah. I fall in the same category. I yeah. eat same. to live. That is, is kind of a necessary thing. Yeah. But my life doesn't revolve around food. No, but Malcolm, either. some people do. Oh, my God. They, a lot can, of Americans do. Peter, what well, are you talking no, about? No, a lot of people worldwide. Have you ever heard this phrase, food is love? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, what I think of food and love is I think of the, you know, the, the grandmother in the kitchen and, yeah. and, and, and just, you know, for a lot of people, yeah. life does revolve around eating. It does. It does. And we're social animals, Peter. We're social animals. And I'm a social animal myself. My wife came in uh, uh, yesterday and I said, you know, let's just sit out here and have a little cucumber salad. It's so beautiful out. Let's sit out. She said, well, I got a couple of things to do. I said, I don't care what you got to do. I just want to have some quiet time. Just give me 20 minutes, please. And let's have a little cucumber salad. We'll have a glass of wine or something. And just, you know, let's just enjoy the moment. It's life, isn't it, Peter? Shouldn't we do that? Right? It's true. So, you know, food is part of this yeah. uh, social. We had a beautiful uh, weekend in Dallas. We had actually had two um, Canadians in. They run a, a Christian show in Alberta. You may know them, Corey and Alan Hunsberger. So they were in town for Dallas. They were going to have some meetings with Daystar, headquarters of Daystars in Bedford, Texas. So we decided to go out to Cafe Pacific and John Leake, my co-author, and we went out and we just sat outside and just Beautiful. enjoyed yeah. just spectacular weather. Oh, man. And we had just, you know, yeah. and I, I was thinking about it. I said, what's the purpose of this dinner? Is it really to eat or is it to socialize? And, and socialize. really, it's, it's to socialize it yeah. and, and to connect. And It is. Yeah. We love to do it here. And my, my daughter, when they come in, our family, we love to do it as well. Anyway, it's just these bars, healright.com forward slash out loud, or just click the banner uh, back at americaoutloud.shop or on the main news site. You get the micronutrients and fiber. It supports your metabolism. Gut health. Our gut health is huge. Uh, and I know for me, it was big as well. And um, anyways, this is a very interesting product. I like it a lot. 20% off you get with the code. Uh, and they've got an eight-week, by the way, an eight-week program for metabolic health. Of your metabolism and all through metabolic health. That looks pretty cool as well. Taste for yourself. They got all kinds of stuff there. Take a look at it. We're going to take a real fast pause. We, we, got, we went way so over here. Got some great questions. We'll join you back in a moment on America Out Loud Pulse. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms. But left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective 
but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. As we join you back here, my fellow Americans, welcome back in. Uh, let's get right to it. We got some great questions here on Q&A 104 here. And I uh, want to start with uh, Rico says, I have a question regarding disease X, which I think we covered last week. I think it was, uh, Peter. But uh, Dr. McCullough says disease X uh, or Dr. McCullough, they say disease, whoever they is. Again, we always use that word they like, OK, they say disease X is 20 times more deadly than COVID. But could this be just another fear tactic to frighten the public into agreeing to more state power? I'm skeptical that the entire, that the elite would release a super deadly virus onto the public realm as there is a possibility that would kill them as well. So again, skepticism, but uh, I love it when they say they, but uh, any comments to that? Yeah, well, just to unpack that, I think for sure it's a scare tactic. I mean, how do they know it's 20 times? And we're talking they, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, <laughs> Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, who has, they have an entire monograph on this. So we might as well state who the they are. And I like if, that. I like that. That's yeah, good. I mean, let's go after it. So it, it, it's it. clearly a scare tactic. Now this question of, you know, could this become a reality in 2024? Listen, a lot of people are saying, yes, it's an election year. Uh, here we go again, right? Uh, lockdowns, uh, uh, you know, don't have in-person voting, uh, on and on and on. Um, I think it's entirely possible. I wouldn't rule it out at all. So, yes, it's a scare tactic, but um, there's been too much foreshadowing. There's been too much messaging. This was just like COVID. You know, there was all the same uh, – 
rail, you know, telegraphing was occurring during COVID. I just wasn't paying attention, but I am now. That's right. That's right. All right. This next one is from Magda. Why is there so much regression in us long haulers? Whenever I improve after a little bit, uh, I seem to get worse again. It feels like I'll never get rid of this toxic spike business. Boy, I had patients like that today, Malcolm. It is so true. What she says is right. There's improvement and then regression and then improvement. And, and it almost comes in waves. Some people can actually describe the waves. And we don't know if this is just detoxification and the body has to liberate this stuff and ultimately clear it or that it's re-exposure. People go out in the, you know, in the workplace or in school and they're constantly re-exposed to spike protein. Those are the two leading theories. But if people are having waves like this and they're on McCullough protocol based spike detoxification, many times what I'll do is say, listen, if you're tolerating this, double your doses. Just just have more intensified detoxification. See if these kind of waves of regression will essentially go away and we get some more tonic improvement. Amen. I, I wish that, uh, hope that for everybody. Um, improvement, that is. Uh, Janet uh, says, how soon after the vaccine would you expect a new onset AFib to occur? Uh, in a previously healthy, physical fit 39-year-old male who was last vaccinated in 21, would the sudden onset of AFib while at rest possibly be secondary to the COVID vaccine this long after? Could the influenza vaccine possibly be a cause of this? I would say it's probably COVID vaccine. You know, five years is fair game. The the FDA said five to 15 years on these shots. Anything that arises, it's possible because they're so long acting in the body. So sure, I've seen new onset AFib where there was no other explanation and they took a COVID vaccine in 2021, for sure. Now the influenza vaccine causes some inflammation, but it doesn't characteristically provoke AFib, but it may be in the setting of having the messenger RNA and the spike protein, then taking a flu shot, that was enough to trigger the AFib. But I'd stay on those etiologies. All right. Um, this one is from Phoebe. Uh, Dr. McCullough, I'm sure you know shingles has sprung up everywhere, but what is the cause? Is this due to the vaccine? Yes. Shingles is definitely due to two things. One, it's due to people taking the chickenpox vaccine a long time ago. So now we have a generation of people who have taken the chickenpox vaccine and there are multiple studies showing if you take the chickenpox vaccine, you're more likely to get shingles when you get older compared to people who just had natural chickenpox. Yeah, I had now. shingles as an adult. It's not, not pleasant at all. And uh, I no, was given that vaccine as a kid, to your point. What, Malcolm, you got the chickenpox vaccine? Really? I did when I was, uh, yeah, when I... Yes, I was given it uh, from, uh, again. I'm surprised because I, I had chicken pox. I had the natural chicken pox. I didn't check the chicken pox vaccine. I've never had shingles, but I took the shingles vaccine. Wow. And I can tell you, it's a rough vaccine. It's 14 times the viral dose of the live attenuated varicella zoster virus compared to chicken pox. And I thought my arm was going to fall off. Hmm. It was, I'm not sure I'd do it again to be honest with you. It was a really rough vaccine. Now, having said that, shingles is rough. I have seen every version of shingles after COVID vaccination and after COVID, including ocular shingles. Uh, Justin Bieber has um, Ramsey Hunt. That's a form of shingles. Bell's palsy. I saw two patients uh, this week with Bell's palsy. Um, I've even seen rectal invasive shingles in a young woman 
who, oh, this is terrible, Malcolm, who took the COVID-19 vaccine, ruined her. She couldn't work. It's so painful. What people need to know, if they start to feel any little tingling or pain, and it's largely in the torso, typically in the area where the nerves come out of the spinal cord, then around to the chest and abdomen, jump on it immediately. You know, if we use two drugs, one valacyclovir, the other one prednisone, we can knock it out quickly and cause recovery. But boy, if we let it go, oh man, somebody in my family let it go and it was diagnosed too late. Do you know to this day, he can barely put a seatbelt across his chest. It's so painful. It's very sad. Very sad. I wish that on anybody. Now, this next one's from Sylvia. Why do so many doctors, even holistic ones, claim that there is no cure or guarantee that spike injuries can be detoxed and reversed and that there can only be things done about managing symptoms? It's upsetting to hear this. Malcolm, it's because they don't know. None of us know. Remember, the spike protein is a brand new problem in medicine. No one can know. So doctors are naturally conservative. Any doctor that said 100%, I can clear the body of spike protein, I can cure you, the doctor's not being honest. The real answer is we don't know because it's so new as a problem. All right, all right, there you go, fair enough. This one's from Lisa. Hello, Malcolm, Dr. McCullough. Heard uh, Dr. McCullough say that people get better from long COVID, but just takes time, even up to 18 months. Uh, but I read this, long COVID symptoms can go away and come back. Some individuals get slightly better over time, while others don't. About 75% of people who experience COVID-19 symptoms for six months or longer post-infection end up with permanent symptoms. Wondering if this is disinformation, so I am asking the expert, Dr. McCullough. Thank you. Again, Malcolm, we can't say permanent since this is such a new problem. How can we say we don't have 20 years of observation or five years of observation, but everything else the listener said was right, that yes, people can get better, they can get worse, they can get re-exposed. That's the reason why once people tolerate McCullough protocol, spike detoxification, natokinase, bromine, and curcumin, we tend to continue it right now. Now, I've had some people come in and say, listen, doc, I am absolutely back to normal. I am back to normal 100%. And I say, okay, if you want to just, you know, go back to normal life and, and put this behind you, let's give it a try. But if there's any residual doubt, if they're tolerating the supplements, fine. No prescription drugs, Malcolm. We're talking just over-the-counter supplements. Why not continue them? Right, right, right. Well, stay healthy, healthy immune system. Let me sneak this last one in from Jeb. Uh, Dr. McCullough, does the vaccine destroy the recipient's immune system? And could this be why cancer has risen so dramatically? The answer is yes, there is vaccine-associated immunodeficiency syndrome, VADES. It's an official uh, term of reference in the Australian inquiry. Uh, cancer, All the cancer data, cancer is on the rise everywhere in the world. We don't have proof it's due to the vaccine, but the vaccine can knock down two uh, tumor suppressor systems, uh, P53 and BRCA. So it's a leading hypothesis right now. Malcolm, I just had a patient today tell me about his sister. She took three shots. She's got widely metastatic pancreatic cancer at age 35. Oh my God. Wow. I, I, I've never heard of this before. This is, these stories now are commonplace. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap here on Q&A 104. Uh, be sure to join us, friends, back at AmericaOutloud.news and help us share the out loud truth. 
uh, and get it out there. So many great people involved in this platform and this network. It is truly uh, a miracle. It's amazing, really. Uh, so uh, join us there and help us get the out loud truth out there. And thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat again.